Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Whoever it was that first came upon the sharp, spiny body of a sea urchin and said, Hey, let's crack this bad boy open and see if the orange goo inside tastes good, deserves a gold medal in bravery and sheer determination. The sea urchin is a small, spiny sea creature called an echinoderm. Sea urchins, along with all members of the phylum Echinodermata, are found only in the ocean, a particularly unusual quality, as a large number of aquatic animals tend to take up residence in lakes and streams as well. Sea urchins most often can be found in shallow water, and even carpet the seafloor in some areas. Commercial sea urchin fishing began in Japan soon after World War II, before spreading to the entire Pacific Rim by the 1970s, and within two more decades, the practice would spread to the Atlantic region. We spoke with Bob Stenick, professor of oceanography, marine biology, and marine policy at the University of Maine. He said, The global peak in sea urchin harvests occurred around 1993 and has declined ever since. 
In many places, it's a poster child example of overfishing. In the year 2000, 20 million pounds, that's about 9 million kilos of sea urchins, were harvested in California and sold to markets in Japan. But if you've never tried it, you might be curious about what all the fuss is about. We also spoke with David Glass, accomplished dessert chef, self-described sea urchin fanatic, and father to the author of today's episode. He has a few choice words when it comes to consuming these bizarre little creatures. Quote, the brilliant orange color, slightly fermented aroma, and solidity suggesting a catastrophic explosion of flavor in your mouth precede your first taste. That first taste is sticky, oceanic, sweet and fermented, and everything else that makes up the taste known as umami. Poetry starts to flood your brain. In layman's terms, sea urchin, called uni in Japanese, tastes weird but fine. It's gooey, runny, funky savory, but with a hint of sweet and salt, with a texture somewhere between an egg yolk and jello. It is a very, very unusual taste, but when prepared right, provocative. After humans, the sea urchin's second biggest predator is one of its own, a fellow echinoderm that we're all familiar with, the starfish. If you think starfish are beautiful, get ready to be kind of horrified with this graphic nugget. The starfish will wrap itself around the sea urchin, then evert their stomach out of their body onto the sea urchin in order to dissolve the shell with their gastric juices and eventually get to the tasty flesh within. And sea urchin's own eating habits are just as fascinating. It has a circle of five sharp teeth on the bottom of its body, and yes, this looks like something out of Stranger Things, that it uses to scrape algae and collect kelp off of the rocks it lives on, and can even use them to burrow into the rocks for a better hold on the ocean floor, or to make itself a little hideaway. But they're not vegetarians. They'll eat other animals or each other if they get the chance. Scientists also believe that some species of sea urchins don't age, meaning they don't die unless they're killed by something, and they don't lose the capacity to reproduce. Stenick said, A sea urchin's body plan is pretty unique. One could say it's a hollow limestone sphere made out of numerous hexagonal plates, sort of like a geodisc dome, with spines that make it look like a pincushion. They move slowly using numerous small tubular suction devices called tube feet. These tube feet are strong muscles that protrude from the ends of the spines, which they can attach to rocks or coral, allowing them to move over the sea floor. And those little spines? Think of them as sharp feet that are just aching to pierce your skin. While it's certainly not pleasant, Stenick assures that stepping on a sea urchin is not deadly, and he has, to date, never heard of a fatal case due to an accidental trampling. Still, if you're worried about stepping on one of these guys— well, maybe wear rubber-soled shoes and try not to. A prick on the feet by one of these spines can cause damage to the skin and sometimes even the bone inside. A few species' spines can be venomous, but not so much that it would be fatal to humans. The worst that can happen is a potential allergic reaction or further injury from trying to remove the spine. Instead of tugging at it, use vinegar, which will dissolve the spine and leave behind only the distant memory of that time that you stepped on a living pincushion. So whether you accidentally come upon these spiny marine creatures on the sea floor via your foot or take a bit of its insides brushed with soy sauce over rice, you really have to appreciate the sea urchin for its unbroken commitment to staying weird. Today's episode was written by Jeremy Glass and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other weird topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.